on the set. Okay, everybody, quiet on the set. Scene one, take ten, Marker. Studios of the Modern School of Film. Welcome to Murmur. My name is Robert Malazzo, and over the next hour together, we'll explore where culture meets craft. Today on Murmur, better than Francis, musician, author, Frankie Poulain is with us. Welcome. Murmur. Welcome back to Murmur. Robert Malazzo here with you. I am the founder of the Modern School of Film. With you all the time, ostensibly. <laughs> Murmur Radio, M-U-R-M-U-R, radio.com is the website. You can download the show. You can subscribe to the show. Downloading is good. Subscribing is good. No, subscribing is good. Downloading is great. <laughs> there you go iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. You can email me, murmurradio at gmail.com. If you have a topic you want me to explore, I will match your topic with a guest and bring you onto the show to do a happy recap, as Ralph Kiner used to say. Murmur Radio, social handles at MSFMurmur, Twitter, Instagram. The Modern School Film is also going to be on the road in the next couple of months. Listen to this space for info. Would love to see you. We're going to be overseas a little bit. I'm going to be overseas a little bit. And I'm going to be under the sea a little bit too. (laughs) Murmur Radio. Welcome. Welcome back. Today on Murmur, we have a musician and an author. Didn't know he was an author, did ya? Frankie Poulain, the bassist of The Darkness. The band The Darkness is out and about again, out of the dark, and maybe never out of the dark, but on the road again. So we want to talk to Frankie about today's topic, the rock star. I try my best, maybe successfully or not, every week to not take the fun out of everything. (laughs) Quite the contrary. I like to look at everything with multiple perspectives, but I indeed aspire to have topics that are tangible and useful. Today's topic lurches into the theoretical, but we're going to have some fun, I think. Anyway, Frankie Poulain is a rock star. He is in a band, a rock band. So let's just do that basic association, rock band, member of rock band, rock star. I always wanted to be a male model. 
I say that because I think Rockstar would be a great profession, but I'm more in the camp of male model. We haven't taken that on as a topic yet. We probably never will, but I just put that out for the record. The Rockstar, I wanted to talk about the term. I wanted to talk about the idea. I wanted to talk about the survival of this term. I have been noticing there are some terms, some occupations, some ideas, some philosophies that have maybe grown out of fashion and one right under our noses, <laughs> the rock star. It's almost an unfair assessment of anything because one person's change is another person's collateral damage. So having a rock star, having a rocker on to talk may be the worst idea possible. I've had bad ideas in the past, as you know. This may be a particularly bad one because it's hard to talk to someone about them, about what they do. They're in the nexus of the storm. So let's see if we can swirl this around enough to get some interesting subterfuge and create our own definition of rock star. You probably have one. When you really step back and think about the term rock star, we don't use it a whole lot anymore. And when we do, as a public, as a world, we use it for people who aren't rock stars. <laughs> they don't put on, the people we call rock stars don't put on their job descriptors rock star. I was looking innocuously for some uh, grounding, chronological grounding of the term rock star. 1964, this was interesting, 1964, the newspaper, the Chicago Defender, was advertising a, a gig, a musical gig. On the bill were Major Lance, Marvin Gaye, and 38 big, quote, rock, close quote, stars. So rock quote, close quote, stars, even then it's separated. So the term is kind of a danger, not even a dangerous one, but it doesn't make a lot of grammatic, no less logistical sense. I am intrigued by modern word definitions and word origins because they're rare. And if we can study them and smother them, like I do most things in my life, it's a good thing. It did remind me, um, a student I'm teaching now recently saw uh, La Dolce Vita for the first time, La Dolce Vita 1960, there's a character in La Dolce Vita who takes pictures and Mastriani calls him paparazzo, the singular of paparazzi, singular male pa of paparazzi. So paparazzi, that term, that word comes from La Dolce Vita 1960, 1961 released in the U.S. So it is cool to have modern word origins on the show once in a while. We're going to have more of them as time marches forward. I do warn you, I'm trying not to take all the damn fun out of this. I don't think I'm succeeding. Part of this is, I think, cultural because the connotation of what a rock star is, I don't need to tell you what a rock star is. You know, in the sense of a traditional word bubble, a traditional photograph, you know, the sex, drugs, and rock and roll, the rocker, the god, the icon, the man or woman on stage, larger than life, after the show, afforded all kinds of decadence, all kinds of luxuries, different colored M&Ms in brandy snifters, you know, roadies pointing out men and women to bring backstage, parties, camels, livestock, you know, that's legion. And there you have it. If you don't recall, that's what it was, rock stars. Is that what it is now? Well, we are inspecting the behavior of everyone, hopefully differently now, hopefully. Artists more precisely or most precisely. I, for one, am glad of this. But one piece of melancholia, perhaps, 
is the idea of a rock star. And that's what we want to talk about today with Frankie Poulin. Frankie is in the band The Darkness. Frankie was there for their debut album, Permission to Land, ironically, did land like an intergalactic oral mothership and exploded. It sold slightly under 2 million copies in the UK alone. Uh, So the UK really embraced them. He calls The Darkness a cult band outside of the US, which I thought was really interesting. But cult band, rock and roll band, Appalachians titles, we can affix them either way. This is a man who would know what a rock star is. Again, he may be the worst tour guide because I think he is a rock star. He left the band uh, during the recording of the second album of The darkness one-way ticket to hell and back the title actually is one-way ticket to hell ellipses and back again this is kind of fun i just love reading the history of the darkness and the history of a lot of rock and roll bands it does lurch a little into spinal tap territory in a good way and maybe a mediocre way we'll talk to frankie about spinal tap this is spinal tap again the title of the movie is not spinal tap it's this is spinal tap During the recording of the second album of The Darkness, Frankie left the band. He said he was sacked. He said he was fired. Don't really need to sort out that with him today. He's back. He's back with the band. He's been back with the band ever since. The band has had some demons they've fought. Uh, Justin Hawkins, the lead singer of the band, has had public battles with rehab. They've canceled gigs because of him wrestling with substance. And, you know, this, again, is back collectively towards the ethos of Rockstar. Now, this still happens, obviously, not only in music and film and other art forms, in in popular culture. Is it celebrated? Has it ever really truly been celebrated? It may have been romanticized, which is very different than celebrated. What is interesting in terms of the cultural reckoning of a lot of these ideas um, around artists is music has been the slowest to be microscoped. And I wonder, and I want to talk to Frankie about this today, I I wonder how much of that is because there is a sort of inveterate enfant terrible within the core of being a rock star. Now, that's probably going to change again. It's been kind of part of the fun, right? Uh, but what's also part of it is the fans seem to give it a wide berth as well. You know, music has that. Music has a really, I know it sounds tight to say, but an intimate relationship between fans and musician, unlike any other art form. Yes, actors can have groupies and directors and painters, but the groupies don't really, you know, line up after the show in the way that they do, or they're not pulled out of the crowd. You know, they don't start fan clubs and and write fan letters in the way. So there has been a slow to the dance reality of music towards this cultural uh, awakening. So what has that done to be a rock star? Is it cool anymore? Is it passe? Is this a completely passe concept? Is it a concept that musicians want to stay away from? Last thing I want to throw at you before we welcome in Frankie is I like to ask musicians, particularly front men and women, people who front bands or solo artists, if what they're doing is acting when they're on stage. And I usually get a 50-50 response. One out of every two will say, no, that's not acting. The other half, right, will say, yeah, that's a form of performance. It's a form of acting. When you look at some of the history of the rock star, and today's guest is no exception, Frankie Poulin, Frankie Poulin is not his real name. 
and we'll talk to him about his real name and why it's not the name he uses anymore. It doesn't take a, a great bit of light bulbing to look at some of the real great gods of music and <laughs> goddesses. Uh, that's part of it as well. You know, it's a god-infested universe. We don't as readily call women rock stars. This is something we've addressed on the show before, and it's sad. You know, the word genius, not to put genius and rock star together, but a lot of times we don't call women geniuses. We think of, oh, if you're a genius, you're a man. Oh, if you're a rock star, you're a man. I see where it sits in culture. I don't like it. It's something we're going to hopefully redefine and define as we go. I want to get Frankie's uh, view on it today. Going back to names, the name of the rock star, I was thinking of some of the other uh, deities, let's call them. Deities, non-gendered, right? Uh, <laughs> the deities of music, i.e. rock stars, who have changed their names. A lot of them have changed their names. And I'm not talking about uh, The Edge, Please don't shout back at me that U2 is not a rock band. I'm not here to define that now. But later, we are going to play a little game, which I call the lightning round, and see who he considers a rock star. So, you know, the edge, U2's the edge is Dave Evans. Ladies and gentlemen, Dave Evans. <laughs> Slash from Guns N' Roses is Saul Hudson. Marilyn Manson is Brian Warner. And we can go on and on. I'm not talking about those fantasy name recoups. I'm talking about the more earthbound ones, the less intergalactic, interplanetary changes like those. Bob Dylan, probably the classic one. Bob was born Robert Allen Zimmerman. His earliest stage name was Elston Gunn. I think he should have stuck with Elston Gunn. Dylan said, I think he said in Chronicles that when he left home, he wanted to go by Robert Allen Robert Allen Zimmerman is his name, so he thought that was the closest to what his parents had intended. Uh, he said, it sounded like a Scottish king, and I liked it. Robert Allen. There was a little bit of my identity that wasn't in it, though. So Robert Allen didn't take, and then he started introducing himself as Bob Dylan. In an interview with Playboy, he said, that's just the name I chose, and it stuck. It certainly has stuck. He actually officially changed it in 1962. Again, the name game, the nomenclature game, the rock star game, the word game, the identity game. Uh, the last one uh, to me, which will bring us into Frankie Poulain, the darkness, is the late David Bowie. And Bowie, uh, Bowie was a purveyor and a trafficker in or outer of identities and names from uh, Ziggy Stardust, of course, uh, after Ziggy Stardust, the Thin White Duke. Um, he has a record called Aladdin Sane. Aladdin Sane was another nom de plume. Aladdin Sane, first name Aladdin, last name Sane, is, you know, a, a kind of jumble on a lad insane, which kind of is a rock star. I mean, you know, it's like if I think of it that way, too. If you could get away with it, you're you're rock star, man. Playing with insulting people's intelligence, those thin lines that rock stars have played with. Bowie was born David Robert Jones. He changed his name because in England, there was another pretty well-known Davy Jones. Yeah, that Davy Jones, the lead singer of the Monkees. Now, there's no historical confusion between the two men, <laughs> but the names were the same, so Bowie changed it and was known as Dave J. And then Dave J became David Bowie, and he was asked, why did you change your name to David Bowie? He said, because it was the ultimate American knife. It is the medium for a conglomerate of statements and illusion. Maybe that's 
the definition of rock star, <laughs> a medium for a conglomerate of statements and illusions. Oh, I like that. <laughs> There's David Bowie. David Bowie, he is still a pioneer, of course. Rock star. I'm having fun. I mean, <laughs> you know, I hope I haven't taken all the fun. You know, there are some interesting cultural tensions around these ideas, what we allow people to do. If you're a rock star, you could do anything. Is that still the case? And again, you know, rock stars, this just in, you know, age. Frankie is not 20 anymore. You know, Frankie and the guys started out 15 plus years ago. Frankie turned 50. You know, uh, I was going to say Frankie goes to Hollywood. <laughs> Different, not a rock star. Or, or is he? Maybe we'll ask Frankie Poulet if Frankie goes to Hollywood is a rock star. But, you know, things change. And the things that made us laugh uh, are not as funny anymore, right? I'm not talking about political correctness. I'm talking about as human beings. We change. The rock star changes. There is a beauty in it. And there is a large part of musical history and film history that has um, that has focused on rock star. So let's talk about it. Let's, let's talk it out. <laughs> rock star. Today, we have one. Frankie Poulain of the Darkness. It's a band of rock stars. We have one of them. All we needed was one of them. Frankie Poulain from the Darkness. Today on Murmur. Now this. The last time TAP toured America, they were uh, booked into 10,000-seat arenas and 15,000-seat venues. And it seems that now, on the current tour, they're being booked into 1,200-seat arenas, 1,500-seat arenas. And uh, I was just wondering, does this mean uh, the popularity of the group is waning? Oh, no, 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 not at all. I, I, I just think that, the, uh, that their appeal is becoming more selective. degrees at 13 minutes past the hour and right now in our all request line i've got mike ledgerwood on the phone hey babe what would you like to hear hey babe i'm sorry i can't hear you too well you're gonna have to speak a little closer into the phone okay babe what would you like to hear again we are observing your earth hey mike i'm sorry babe but that's not on our playlist and by the way you sound great over the phone anyway if you give us your request we'll be glad to play it for you babe so let's hear it we are observing your earth oh uh, listen mike i'm sorry babe but we can't and we'd like to make i'm sorry mike we there's a contact uh, with you in your mind you have capacities you know to telepath messages through the vast unknown please close your eyes and concentrate with every thought you think Upon the recitation we're about to sing Calling occupants of interplanetary craft Calling occupants of interplanetary most extraordinary craft 
Decades from now, when the dinosaurs come back and claim the Earth, the thing that is rightfully theirs, there will be a moment on a beach when a dinosaur is riding on the back of a horse, and the horse will stop, and the dinosaur will fall to its knees and start crying, and the dinosaur will say in some gibberish language, you maniacs, you blew it up, god damn you, god damn you all to hell, and then the camera will pull away and we'll see a statue of Mick Jagger with a torch in his hand. And we'll realize that what was blown up were the rock stars. Here to make some sense of the rock star dilemma, maybe we could stop this cruel extinction from happening, is today's guest. He is a writer, he's an author, and he's a member of the band The Darkness. He's also a stuttering, scatterbrained neurotic with no actual skills, who's magnetically drawn to mistakes. That may be the definition of rock star. Here to offer his own, please welcome to Murmur, Mr. Frankie Poulin. Hi there. Hey, Frankie, how are you, man? Good, man. Very good pronunciation. Poulain, very good. I have a lot of French filmmakers on the show, a lot of French artists on the show, and in my series, so I know when the, hey. L, when the L's and the A's and the I's and the E's and the T's get together, it's just let your mouth fly. <laughs> let your mouth fly. <laughs> let your freak flag <laughs> fly out of your mouth. Good to be here in Salt Lake City. Uh, cheers, man. Have all the pretty young teenagers come up to you with pamphlets, or is that just some fantasy I have of Salt Lake City? Pamphlets? So you talking about um, religious people, you mean? Yeah. Get us into church. LDS, yeah. What is it, Mormons or? Yeah, kind of yeah. You may hear it as the shorthand ah. L- LDS, which means Latter Day Saints, but that those are the Mormons. Ah, of course. I knew there was something about this place. It was <laughs> my tongue. I knew this place was famous for something. It's actually right. one of the. Cle- and also, there's supposed to be. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's supposed to be the two um, two really great Mexican restaurants here. Yeah, there's one slightly outside the city, which I've had, which is really nice. You know, it's funny. That's one of the cleanest American cities. I don't know if there's a relationship between the religion of it and the cleanliness of it, uh, but it's really super clean. I don't know if you've seen that yet. Yeah, that's probably to do with the religious side, isn't it? It makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, it's next to godliness, they say. So can you visualize that, a dinosaur on a horse's back, seeing Mick Jagger, or is that, am I out of, have I lost it completely? Great introduction. I think losing it is uh, a good thing, isn't it? That should be an objective. That's being a rock star, isn't it? Wanting to lose it. Well, I was going to ask you, you know, just to start on the ground zero, what is the definition? What is your definition? I mean, not to take all the fun out of this, but when you hear the word rock star, what do you think? Well, all the best things in life um, are hard to define. If you can define something 
Sweetly and easily, and uh, that would lead me to believe that um, it might not be so interesting and worthwhile. <laughs> it, it's like if you remember the '60s, you weren't there, kind of thing. Yeah, I think um, coming back to the French thing, you know, the French understand that, don't they? They're better at kind of capturing uh, something, the things that fall between the cracks, you know, and also focusing on that too, you know. They're interested in that, the things that are indefinable, and they manage to come up with little poetic expressions that capture that, you know. In the English language, we don't have that ability, I don't think. In France, there's an expression that certain people can't see beyond the tip of their nose, which I think is a much cooler way than just saying they're a narcissist. Exactly, there's a Scottish way too. There was also a Scottish way to say that um, if he was made of chocolate, he'd uh, he'd eat himself. <laughs> sounds Belgian for some reason. I like that. I think that's really cool. If there's no definition that is decent or interesting, let's have a little fun with some of the prerequisites. You know, I don't have tons of hair, and I was thinking, is hair a prerequisite? <laughs> I hope not. No, not at all. Well, you... it's an attitude. It's an attitude. It's an attitude, basically, of just... Uh, um, not care, uh, not caring what other people think, um, but it's also embracing the contradictions as well. Irreverence and what's missing uh, today in music is irreverence. Our rock music is reverential. It's looking to the past, and in fact, what we're doing is trying is idolizing. You know, talking about Mick Jagger, and that's um, that's not rock and roll, is it? Because it's uh, creating um, statues and monuments to the past. Is when you look at it through the lens of the darkness, and that sounds like an Ingmar Bergman film, when you look at it through the lens of the darkness, are, are you, as a band, taking the piss a little bit out of this concept? You know, you no, could, you... Not at all. no, there's no mockery involved at all, no. I mean, it would sound awful if there was mockery involved in the music. It's their funness, it's warmth, and it's um, not, not caring uh, you know, what the fashion is of the time or what's supposedly cool according to the media. It's... Uh, what we enjoy it's just pure enjoyment it's instinctive a lot of the time which again comes back to when you're looking for a definition that has to come into it as well you know there's something animalistic and instinctive about it what's interesting we had christopher guest on the show and chris we were talking about the subjects he takes on for his uh, documentaries or mockumentaries and he says i have to love them to do one exactly you're right that's a very good yeah that's a very good point you have to like the person you have to, uh, there has to be a fondness and a warmth there. But that's also something that Ricky Gervais talks about a lot too. There has to be warmth. You have to like the person. David Brent, you know, you like the guy, you know. You have to like them first or basically the writer has to make that person likable enough that you're actually invested enough into it. Because otherwise, if you don't care and, and, and the character is just an asshole, then of course, why would you bother spending hours watching and studying that? that character you know it's interesting you guys have an amazing i mean you have so many amazing songs i think but uh, coming over here i was listening to solid gold the song and you know talking thinking about this concept and i'm, I'm laughing just because out of love not out of silly the chorus is amazing of solid gold we're never going to stop shitting out solid gold we're never going to stop shitting out solid gold does that come from a lot of that love of the concept of rock and rock stars and and the machine. You well, know. firstly, yeah, firstly, all laughter is good. Um, I, I, I never uh, mind, you know, if I'm walking down the street and, and someone laughs at me, um, or people laugh because of uh, something I'm wearing, or or, or even because I slip or something like that, you know, I make a fool of myself. I, I always, I really think it's important. Just, uh, you know, if there's laughter there, then, then you know, that's a great thing to be embarrassed, you know, or or to be proud or feel you're falling from grace and you know, people are laughing at you is really uh, kind of stupid. It's a sign of a weak character, I think. But secondly, yeah. in terms of solid gold, uh, I think um, 
a lot of it is about the delusion of being in a band, you know, because um, it's uh, we're going to blow people's fucking heads off, they're going to shit themselves. Every band says that, don't they, when they're in a dressing room when they're for the first gig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a huge delusion of thinking, you know, you're going to blow people's heads off and everyone's going to uh, go away talking about you. And it almost never happens for the <laughs> average band. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and then also, then the chorus kicks in and it's um, shitting out solid gold. So we're aware that, you know, that thing of, you know, that kind of captures, you know, shit and gold, that's the duality, isn't it? That's the spectrum it's like. And the, the good news and the bad news, you know, it's like, it's shit, but it's solid gold. I was thinking, you know, it's funny, you said something right on, we're talking with Frankie Poulain, you said something really interesting. And I was thinking about someone like Roger Waters in a song like Have a Cigar, which is self-conscious in its reference system about the industry, but it comes from a different place, it feels like. You know, it's Solid Gold is a such a kick-ass song. The lyrics are great. I'm not saying Have a Cigar is not a great song. It's a great song, but it seems like someone like Waters, when you try to take something down with 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 knives, it may be rock star, but it's 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 kind of social critic. Is Roger Waters a rock star? I'm not particularly a fan personally. I feel sorry for Dave Gilmore and the other guys, and I think he's really self-guiding and pompous. He's obviously talented, but I think he approaches it kind of like an academic. You know, there's not much rock and roll in Roger Waters. I mean, I'm not sure there really wasn't Pink Floyd after uh, Sid Barrett um, left. You know. What happened to him? It's cool that you locate Sid Barrett because I was thinking of one of your early influences, The Carpenters. Can you, which is amazing because The Carpenters have this song that you talk about, which I don't think a lot of people know The Carpenters made, calling occupants of interplanetary craft. Talk about a song that could have been a Sid Barrett song. What would you tell people who've never heard that song about that song? It's an incredible song. Why, why did, were you moved by it? Uh, just because it's so idealistic. That's the main thing, you know, it's that period in the 70s when the idealism was just off the charts, you know. But then there's also dark undertones as well. You kind of, you can't help but admire the idealism at the same time, and you're also aware of uh, the reality isn't like that. So it just seems such a long time ago, isn't it? It's, it's a, and also it's the voice, really, you know. Yeah. It's, it's the, uh, the purity and innocence of the voice, uh, but it's also troubled at the same time. You can trouble voice. Yeah. Um, I, I, I know, and also just the in terms of style, you know, just visually, you know, it was right on the edge of being completely and utterly a uh, car crash and stylish, but also incredibly stylish as well. Yeah, that opening it, it is really incredible. Creepy, you know? yeah. Also the fact that also the fact that, they, that, that Richard and Karen themselves were like aliens. So in a way, it's, um, it's um, they're so very eccentric kind of couple of um, siblings. They're kind of, you know, talking about aliens, kind of looking at humans. And it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of hard to rationalize it, but Radiohead has this amazing song on OK Computer called Paranoid Android, and it's a song about the human race from the perspective of an alien. So something like uh, these people drill holes in themselves, and that's the way an alien would describe pierced ears. You know, I love that kind of point of view. (laughs) Answer a strange question for me. Uh, Who is Franny Patterson? Well, that's what I was called. I'm christened uh, Francis uh, Patterson. That's my dad's name, and uh, um, so at school people call me Franny. Before the band made that, I decided to change it to Frankie. I also decided to use my my mother's um, name, so I I don't talk to my um, father, talk to him or see him since my mid twenties. So it was more appropriate to use my mum's name. When was the last time you spoke to him? Uh, in my um, mid to late twenties. Do you know what came of him or where he is? Do you have any sense of that? He lives on um, in the 
Caribbean and Ireland of St. Vincent. This chat has become un-rock star, and I apologize, man. <laughs> You're, I got to say, a fascinating guy. And I was thinking about that question of Franny, and in this in this liturgy of rock star, you know, in the sense of you said it's an attitude, but it's also a creation, no? I mean, you said, as you say, the authenticity has to be there for someone to think of themselves as a rock star, but when you guys were starting out, and when you were in the machine, again, to quote Mr. Waters, what was the motivation to change the name in terms of knowing it would be a stage name? Uh, was it, did you just feel it had more of the, of the touch of the cologne of what you were going for as a, as a musician, as a performer? Because I remember that one of the last things my dad said to me was that I would never amount to anything. And, you know, he tried to put, put me down and um, um, tell me to go back to um, studying and, um, you know, maybe be a school teacher or something, you know. He didn't support me at all, you know. So. But it wasn't just that, it was just the fact that he didn't support us at all uh, um, financially when we were younger. You know, my mum had to struggle quite a lot. So, mm. so it ticked all the boxes, really. Changed, you know, and it was a happy accident that Frank at the last time was uh, kind of better than Francis. Does anyone call you Franny anymore? Any of your mates call you that? Not really, no. Sometimes. Oh, I think my mum does sometimes. <laughs> does she really? Does it catch you off guard to hear it? Not really, no. I don't mind, you know. I'm not really aware of it. It's a good way to sign into a hotel. Could be. One of my favorite um, books is uh, Bernie and Zoe by A.D. Salinger. Speaking of books, I, I think you wrote a kick-ass book, 2008 Dancing in the Darkness. And uh, it's, a, as you say, a Freudian journey into the psyche of a cock rocker. If nothing else, the fact that your Polish cleaner did the introduction should have Amazon reviews going through the roof. Tell me what a cock rocker is. Well, you, you just have to watch Bad News or Spinal Tap or any of those uh, kind of films really to, uh, to to see what's all it's pretty self-explanatory you know the guitar is uh comes to ballet symbol doesn't it well it's funny I had, I had nancy wilson on the show and she was hired once to do to consult on a movie to teach someone how to be a rock star literally how to hold a guitar i think it was the movie elizabeth town her then husband um, Cameron Crowe was directing it, and there's a band, and she was helping some of the actors stand like a rock star. And I was thinking of that because your book has some really cool um, le- life lessons: uh, how to eat shit, how to talk to people nobody talks to, how to go from chateau to shithole. These are life lessons. Uh, can you teach someone how to be a rock star? It's quite the opposite. The only way to do it is if you taught them, and then they just did the exactly the opposite of what you said. That's the only way it would work. Speaking with Frankie Poulain. You know, there, there's something interesting going now culturally in opposition to rock stars, and I want to get to that. You know, I was thinking about when you technically, as you say, technically you were sacked from the darkness. You said one of the things you missed was the luxury, the decadence, and the meeting interesting people. I want to talk about the luxury and the decadence a little bit. And I'm so uncool, man, and I know times have changed, but is that still part of the rock tour of life that it's you know if i went backstage of one of your shows would there be like farm animals you know different colored m&ms or is that just a myth and a cliche and a dangerous bad cliche yeah it's a myth and a cliche yeah <laughs> it, it, it's massive cliche yeah no farm animals no unfortunately <laughs> health and safety these days you know yeah. i don't allow you to take any it was hard enough to get justin's pug you know <laughs> to take his pug on tour. I was thinking about that also in, in the age we're going through now where artists are being looked at, like how do artists treat one another, you know, in film and actors and, and a lot of people are being outed for behavior. Do you think that's impacted 
how musicians carry themselves and the lifestyle they lead? Or do you think it's not going to affect music the way it has film and TV and politics? Oh, it's a tricky one. I could say there's a few nervous people, but I think the difference is is that these women, if they were underage, they're not actually um, denouncing these guys that they had this experience with. Most of them um, are actually saying they had a good time, you know? I guess that's part of the spell that music that rock and roll casts on people, you know? It comes with the territory, doesn't it? I don't know. It's hard to say too much. Every case is different, so I wouldn't really generalise. But all I know is that there probably are um, a few um, rockers in the 60s, 70s who are a bit nervous. You know, it seems like it's been slower to come into music in the sense of this critical evaluation of how artists treat one another or how people treat one another. Do you think that's because being a bad guy or bad woman in music is kind of part of the cachet? You know, it feels like... The, talk about cliches, the cliche of like turning over, you know, destroying your hotel room. That's not a cliche we give like Alfred Hitchcock. That's a cliche we give uh, Poison. Uh, th- these are my references, basically, obviously. But, you know, I guess my point yeah. is, do you think music is more Teflon in that way? That you can be, not that you are an asshole, but you can be an asshole in a way that goes with the territory. And that's in a weird way you have to be. Or is that is that exactly. not... Yeah, I think that's very well put. I think I agree with what you just said. I think you put it very well. It's um, the job description, isn't it? You know, you're just doing your job. Yeah, that's the excuse. Let's see if it works for those guys, you know, because they are going to come for those guys. You know, so let's see if it works. You know, they got the DJs, and you know, the rock gods are untouchable. You would think, but let's see what happens. You know, let's see if that excuse works. You think it'll be music's time in the barrel at some point, even though the image of it is uh, to be. I just don't know if it's going to happen, you know. It feels inevitable, really. Because the appetite for, yeah, the, the appetite, people are, are um, just looking for things to be offended about, aren't they? The issue of the cover. Yeah. Um, we, uh, I mean, we feel, and it seems to be facts, that uh, the company is rather down on the cover. Is that the case? Yes. You can give it to me straight, you know. Uh, listen, um, they don't like the cover. Uh-huh. They don't like well, the cover. Well, that's certainly straight. They find it very offensive and what? very sexist. Well, what exactly do you find offensive? Ian, I mean, what's you put a greased, naked woman yes. on all fours yes. with a dog collar with around dog her collar. neck and a leash. And a leash. And a man's arm extended out up to here, holding on to the leash and pushing a black glove in her face to sniff it. You don't find that offensive? No, You don't, don't. find that sexist? This is 1982, That's Bobby. right, Come it's on. 1982. Get out of the 60s. We don't have this mentality anymore. Well, you should Listen have seen the cover they wanted to do. I don't care what club, they want. See, now this is something, Ian, that you're going to have to talk to your boys about. We're, we're certainly not laying down And I don't down think that conditions. a sexy cover is the answer for why an album sells or doesn't sell. Because you tell me, the white album? What was that? There was nothing on that goddamn cover. They're not going to release the album because they have decided that the cover is sexist. Well, so what? But what's wrong with being sexy? I mean, there's no... Sex-ist. Okay, listen, I wanted to tell you this, and and I was holding back because I didn't know what Dennis's decision was going to be. But at this point, both Sears and Kmart stores have refused to handle the album. They're boycotting the album only because of the cover. If the company is behind an album, it can shove it right down their throats. Money talks and bullshit walks. 
And if the first album was a hit, then we could have pressed on them. Then we could have told them, yes. The music, every cut I don't give a shit what the album is. It was a joke. A long time ago. Making it like a big deal. That's true. You know, if we were serious and we said, yes, she should be forced to smell the glove, then you'd have a point, you know, but it's all a joke, isn't it? I mean, we're making well, it's, fun. It isn't, it isn't. We're making she fun of that sort of thing, it, you know? Not, you know, over and over Listen, again. But what about narcissism? Yeah. Like, you know, we're in a fucking age now where everyone will tell you what they just ate for breakfast as if anyone gave a shit. Um, why, why are rock stars, does the term feel dated to you? Does the concept feel dated to you? And in this age of narcissism, where does it fit in? Like rock star, this term, this word. Um, it's a tricky one. <laughs> um, well, the problem is these days you you have supposed rock stars actually talking about what they had for breakfast. <laughs> I guess that's, that's a zenith, isn't it? That's a... Yes. Yes, we are. We are effectively going to hell. Like, yeah, well, uh, that's just the fact that rock stars even have breakfast anymore. <laughs> it's like problematic. You know? What is the relationship between age in general and being a rock star? When you turned fifty, did the whole thought of rock starism change? No, it didn't change at all. I don't believe forty, fifty doesn't mean anything. I don't think. I just know that people uh, who I admire, you know, they don't. They don't change just because of, you know, a number. Before we end our chat with a little lightning round, who are some of the the artists in this in this idea of rock starism, rock and roll? Who are the folks that you look at and say, yeah, you know, right on, keep doing it? Oh, I'm not going to know. There aren't many, I don't think, to be honest. <laughs> uh, <laughs> most of them have died, haven't they? Obviously, uh, there's people like Prince and Lou Reed and Judge Gansberg. Because it's an attitude thing. I don't think it's to do with necessarily the music that you do. But it's become so heritage. What's become heritage? The concept? Uh, because it's just become like an industry, you know, like a heritage industry. The tour, you know, the huge rock bands, you know, that's, that's how they operate. Has the lifestyle become heritage? Do you look back on anything you've done as a regret in the sense of within this milieu of playing the role of being in a rock band, of going on tour? Do you think that you've, you wish you could have corrected something? No, because I think that's only where you learn lessons is when you make mistakes. And, it, you know, there aren't many lessons you learn in life. The ones that actually change you, the, uh, the mistakes you make. That defines you as a person, you know, how you respond to that. There are many things that actually change. You know, people don't really change, do they? It takes something um, like a big mistake or a big event to actually fundamentally change someone. And change is a good thing because, you know, you're always fighting against the human condition, aren't you? Your um, DNA and all that kind of stuff. Maybe today's lesson is the anti-rock star is the rock star. We've been speaking with Frankie Poulain. I was thinking about Spinal Tap. I know this, you know, put put this again on our list of cliches, but do you remember the first time you saw Spinal Tap? No, I can't remember. I've seen it so many times, I can't remember the first time. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a perfect way of describing that movie. You know, there's a lot of musicians who've said, oh, that's me, I get it. And some musicians have even said, we thought it was real. I've actually shown it to students who thought it was real. But what do you think Spinal Tap succeeds in doing? What do you think it does well in the sense of the idea of being a rock star or a rock and roller? Well, I think it's all about male delusion, isn't it? And I suppose rock and roll is as well, if you really study it like that. It's about male delusion. It's delusional. Yeah, it's delusional, isn't it? Massively delusional. What is the del- men are delusional, though, aren't they? Men are delusional. So I think that's men being true to themselves, isn't it? Glorifying. It's glorifying in, in um, being a 
guy, isn't it? Warts and all. That's kind of like a Woody Allen movie. <laughs> Let's yeah. talk about your music today. Uh, one thing that puzzles me um, is the makeup of your audience. It seems to be uh, predominantly young boys. Well, it's a sexual thing, really. It's, aside from the identifying that the boys do with us, there's also like a, re a reaction to the female of the female to our music. What was they're really, they're quite fearful. Yeah, that was my theory. They see us on stage with tight trousers. We've got, you know, armadillos in our trousers. I mean, it's really quite frightening. The size. Yeah. And and they they run screaming. Let me extend that definition. Can a woman be a rock star? You know, it's funny because the um, the Go Go's talk a lot about when they were popular, they had groupies and they would they would party with their they would party backstage. And a lot of people are like, oh my God, you're women, you can't do that. Do you think that's shite, or do you think a woman is it a different ethos when a woman is a rock star? No, it's a similar thing, really. I don't know. You have it depends. You know, it's. Complicated, I think, to talk about because you know, uh, depends how much testosterone or estrogen what the balance is, and I guess that's what it boils down to. Do you have a lot of estrogen in your system these days? Checked, <laughs> just to wrap up a little bit i asked about spinal tap because there's been a film in the long gestation for you all what's that been like do you think you're interesting subjects for a documentary i've got no idea it's impossible to judge isn't it because we're on the inside all i know is it's excruciating to watch and the more excruciating it is i think the more interesting for the other people to watch did the band ever think to not give consent did you ever debate whether it was a good thing no we don't really debate about that kind of thing because i think that's um taking ourselves a bit too seriously and being a bit too precious and that's obviously opposite our ethos you know the way we approach it can we wrap up with a little lighting round i want to throw a few names at you and you tell me if they're rock stars and again this is not personal attacks this is just yes no because I'm, I, oh, it is personal attack. Yeah, it's a personal attack for me. I don't mind. I'm quite happy to make personal attacks. Awesome. Then I have a list of a thousand people. No, uh, just some of the the gods, <laughs> as you say. Um, so let's start with okay. Mick, who's seventy four. Bless his heart. Is Mick Jagger a rock star? Yes. And I'm going to keep going through. If you want to qualify, you, if you want to describe, describe. But I'm going to keep going through. Uh, and then we have a nice prize for you, man. Really nice prize. We have some literature on the the Mormon religion. We want you to read. <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, David Bo David Bowie was is David Bowie a rock star? Of course, yeah, hundred percent. Van the Man, seventy two years old. Van Morrison, a rock star. Oh, that's a tricky one. I would say no. Why? Why did you lean no? Because it's not just been a curmudgeon. That's not enough. You know? <laughs> just being grumpy and curmudgeonly. Yes. Yes. It's, I get the impression he phones it in. You know. Oh my God! I've heard some rough stories about him backstage. Thank just you. how he treats. Everyone. I mean, this is legion at this point, right? Um, yeah. I think, it, you know, being that mean-spirited, I just don't know if it... You know, that's a really interesting point, man. And, and we're talking about this a lot in film with people like Roman Polanski and Woody Allen. Does it matter to you, the artist and the behavior? Those... Yeah, of course it does. Yeah, of course it does. Yeah, you can't ignore it. Yeah, I mean, you can, I mean if, if you're... You can still enjoy the music, though, because that's something beautiful that they created. You can enjoy the movies or the music because that's something... Uh, that's the good side of them, which produce something that's uh, beautiful or enduring. So if you heard a musician who you loved was urinating on groupies backstage, would that change your enjoyment of his or her music? No, of course not. No, you still listen to Michael Jackson off the wall and you, in a club and you still enjoy it. It'd be stupid not to enjoy it. Moving along a little bit, uh, Paul McCartney, 75 years old. Is he a rock star? Yes. He is. 
wow, I didn't think you'd say yes. Of course, yes. course he is, because he just embraces he's himself. He embraces being a square. He doesn't care what people think. <laughs> he invented heavy metal with uh, Helter Skelter. Wow, that's really cool. <laughs> what about John Lennon? Was John Lennon a rock star? Of course. Really? That's interesting. I mean, I'm not I'm not debating you. I'm just I I would I thought you would have split the difference a little differently. It's easy to uh, just destroy Paul McCartney. It's easy. And I was—I didn't set it up to for you to slaughter him. I just because I don't think the opposite of a rock star is a douchebag or a square or someone who's boring as hell. I just think it's—it's it's either yes or no. Robert Plant, sixty-nine years old, and I—I I say Plant because. There's so many faces of Robert Plant. You know, there's the song Remains the Same with the tightest pants ever in cinema history. Um, And there's Alison Krauss and Robert Plant. So is Robert Plant a rock star? Yeah. Bob Dylan. Is Bob Dylan a rock star? Yes. Why give him the edge over like a Van Morrison? Dylan's thoughts and treatment and and rules are kind of legion as well. What makes Dylan a rock star? He does what he wants, how he wants, when he wants. He doesn't care what people think of him. You know, he doesn't care what people think of him. Same thing applies to Neil Young. A couple more. Pete Townsend. And I mentioned Pete just because, you know, when you think of The Who, you think of, you know, you may think of Daltrey out front spinning a microphone. You don't, you know, can a strong, silent type be a rock star? Pete Townsend. I would say he's far more of a rock star than than Roger Daltrey, yeah. Well, you didn't like when Roger Daltrey played Scrooge in the in the Broadway Spectacular? No, no comment. This, to me, I think is a no-brainer, but I just love talking about him any chance I get. Freddie Mercury. Yes, of course. Now, they're making a movie of Freddie Mercury. Does that worry you about creating a fiction of a rock star like that? No, it doesn't worry me in the slightest. Does anything worry you? <laughs> No, not really, no. Things don't worry me too much. No. Chrissy Hind, is Chrissy Hind a rock star? Yes. Is Stevie Nicks a rock star? Yes. Is Patti Smith a rock star? Yes. Okay, let's do some new guns and then finish up. Uh, Dave Grohl, is Dave Grohl a rock star? Yes. Is Jack White a rock star? Yes. Is Lady Gaga a rock star? No. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> She's a pop star. She's not a rock star. Uh, yeah. Can you, well, can Michael, is Michael Jackson a rock star? Yeah, I think he was. He was a rock star. Yeah. But, so you can be a rock star and a pop star. I mean, because he's a pop star too. Yeah. yeah? Right. Yeah. If, um, if you're uh, as dysfunctional and, and just ridiculous, you know, I think the sense of ridiculous is important to embrace that. You try to be tasteful and arty and everything like Lady Gaga. That's not rock star, is it? Can you be a country singer and be a rock star like Willie Nelson? You can be Towns Van Zandt, for example. Oh yeah. What about hip hop? What about someone like Chuck D or Snoop Dogg or you know Eminem or are they rock stars? The Beastie Boys were rock stars, I think. Yeah. The Beastie, the Beastie Boys were rock stars. What What about the Beasties? Is it again that I don't give a shit? It's reinventing and just a sense of irreverence, embracing breaking new boundaries. Elvis, last name on my list. Elvis is Elvis. Was Elvis a rock star? Yes, of course. Oh, uh, sorry, one final name on my list. Frankie Poulain. Is Frankie Poulain a rock star? <laughs> yes. I agree. And here's some proof. You said something that I think that actually defines it really well. Someone once asked you if you had any advice to young musicians or up-and-coming musicians, and you said, don't listen to any advice. Spin it on its head. Don't aspire, just be. I actually think don't, Aspire Just Be is a pretty fucking rock star piece of advice. What, did I say that? Yeah. Do you remember saying it? Great, well, that's better than anything, that's better than anything I've said in this interview. So that's no. a great way to end, isn't it? No. End on a high. So you, you've actually helped me here. 
I'm going to I'm going to play the last 30 seconds. The rest is going into uh, the where are they now file. <laughs> no, but I lo- I'm I'm, t- I'm not joking, man. Don't aspire, just be. I like it. Thank you. I, I'm going to stick that on my um, epitaph on my headstone. On your headstone. Hey man, I think you guys are fucking bitching. I don't know what you know, bitching, balling, rock stars, you know, cock rockers, whatever you, you, we want to call anything. I think you guys are awesome. I love the way you navigate this fucked up business. And you know what? Honestly, more than anything, you're survivors. I'll take surviving over rocking any day. Thank you so much. All right, cheers. Very generous, and I really enjoyed your insights too. Thank you, man. And next time we'll do this, we've got to do it in person. Uh, when the tour spins around, I'll come see you, and I'll bring my camel and some livestock. Well, no, actually, you bring the livestock. I'll bring the camel, and I'll meet you backstage. We'll catch Bye-bye. up again. Take care, man. Be well. Sure. I'm really sure this was such a great idea. I mean, I don't feel any better than I did at the hotel. He was going to do a uh, TV special from here before he died. Yeah, that's right. A musical version of Somebody Up There Likes Me. Mm. Well, since my baby left me, I've found a new place to dwell. Well, it's down at the end of Lonely Street, that heartbreak hotel. Do do it with the harmony parts. Right. Well, since since my my baby... baby, The same key, though, I think. Well, since my my baby left me... If I'm going... Since my baby left me, me. No, you can't hit that note. Mm. Since my, mm, since my baby left me, well, I've well, found, I found a new place to dwell. That's all right. Stone. Well, well, really think. Well, it sounds raga. You don't want to go raga. On no, this not with this. It don't. It does. Well, since my baby it sounds fucking barbershop. Well, don't hey. Barbershop well, raga. Watch the, watch the language. It's a new hybrid. Oh, sorry. Oh, this is terribly depressing. Well, it really puts perspective on things, though, doesn't it? Not you know? too much. There's well, too much yeah, fucking perspective now. Well, you said it, David St. Hubbins. A little too much perspective, maybe, for today. For such a cool word. <laughs> you know what, though? I think we're bringing it back. I think today is going to be yet another cultural pivot. We are going to bring this term back, and we're going to take it back from the authors and take it back from the coders and take it back from the entrepreneurs and take it back from the designers and take it back from everyone else who thinks it's a rock star and put it back in the fingers and the feet and the eyes and the gloves of the rock and rollers. So this one's for you, David. This one's for you. Frankie, you're welcome. The rock star, long may he or she reign. I want to thank Frankie Poulain of the darkness for being here with us to show us the light. I want to thank you for being here with us every week to shine a light. Rolling Stones, shine a light. I can't get it out of my head. I can't turn it off. Help me. <laughs> Social handles at MSF Murmur, Twitter, Instagram. Email me, murmurradio at gmail.com. Subscribe. Download. Key is download. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Oh, so much work to be done. Rock on. See ya.